0: Hello, this is Notes from the Back Row, a podcast like no other, different themes, rotating hosts, and so much more. So strap in for a veritable cinematic Coney Island of the Mind. Hello, hello, and welcome to Notes from the Back Row. Whenever Dan does this, he has like a whole spiel that like is way better than because I'm always just like, "Sup, sup, Veronica." Well, you have we have that intro
1: that's you like, "Welcome to Notes from the Back Row," and like you know, all <laughs> that's jangly. not me.
0: That's an alien.
1: Uh huh. Same difference,
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, Kitty? My but Dan here. is always like. Back row, the notes from the back row, the podcast of Row dot com, champions of unsung and underrated cinema. What a what an intelligent way to begin a podcast.
1: Yeah, he's got better copy than us.
0: I know, even though I think I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's wrote utilizing it.
1: He's... How Canadian of him?
0: Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Anyhow, row dot com, great website. The previous podcast episode was actually me and Dan giving his great opening for Decade Versus Decade. You got to check that one out. But today we are talking about something near and dear to my heart, which is Mm -hmm. the fact that I am doing something actually speaking of Decade Versus Decade. I have been watching a ton of 80s teen movies, which I sort of alluded to in the previous podcast, but I figured I really want to talk about this. You and I, Veronica, have been talking about watching like girly teen movies and like giving our opinions on them at a certain Mm -hmm. point. We never really did it, but this is maybe the introduction to us potentially doing that. I don't
1: know if you remember this, Jenna, but I do. Uh, When I first pitched you that idea for the podcast about like stuff made for us that whether, you know, connecting or not connecting- that was the phone call i uh, stepped into a yellow jacket nest <laughs> so
0: it just kind of got lost dude in... that was a crazy <laughs> i i almost wish i had that recorded because i, I got to do too. Know. <laughs> i didn't know what happened to you and i <laughs> i thought maybe she got hit by a car but there wasn't enough cars it was more right. of a oh shit oh shit and then suddenly like i heard Angry, things- buzzing in the background and and I stood on I stayed on the phone for like 15 minutes. Yeah, no, I knew you did. I And then was... you came back and you were like, "Oh, hey." <laughs> I
1: I don't think I sounded that casual. I think I said something along the no. lines of, "Jenna, hold on, I'm coming back." Like, running towards I put my head underneath the like the spigot, the outside spigot because they were all caught in my hair. I don't recommend ever <laughs> Ever so stepping into out. a nest of uh, yellow jackets, they have ground nests, so if you're in the northeast or anywhere, <laughs> but this is in the northeast so woo so august twenty twenty one
0: was a crazy time <laughs> it was, this is and I stood there for just
1: so long <laughs> I know. It I was cracking up when I tell everyone the story because I was like, well, now I have to trust Jenna like for the rest of my life because <laughs> she stayed on, and went, waited to hear if I needed medical attention.
0: Oh yeah, I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> if we weren't yeah. anywhere near each other, but you know, I figured if you're dying, I might hear it on the phone, <laughs> right? And
1: you could probably call an ambulance.
0: I guess sort of. But you know what actually, this story actually even leads me even better into what I was gonna talk about, which is that teen movies, I I am usually I don't I hated high school. I did not like being a teenager. I have no nostalgia for being a teenager. So yeah. I tend to avoid these things. I don't care about them whatsoever. And then on top of like 80s, 90s movies, which is something I tend to avoid anyhow, uh so I, I like I don't know, but something, something woke up in me. I was watching all these Matt Dillon movies and specifically <laughs> this year I was really thinking about rumble Fish, and oh, I yeah. really like rumble Fish, and I watched, you know, and then I started thinking about the outsiders again, right. all this stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch a bunch of, I want, I want more teen movies that are like this that kind of like hit on hit on something real, but are a little outside the box. And then I, I started watching these Matt Dillon movies. And I like Matt Dillon because Matt Dillon, he's like, he's just, he's just so New York, you know, man. <laughs>
1: he's, he's something, that's for sure. <laughs>
0: he's just, he has like, I don't know, Some sometimes actors are just like, you know, what? Pete Davidson is nothing like Matt Dillon, but in a similar way, he reminds me of kids I went to high school with. Sure. He's like a very like the guy that the shithead in the back of the class from Staten Island. Like that's such a New York. Thing. Does <laughs> does Matt Dillon remind you of people you went to high school with? He just there's something very like, but he's almost like the aspirational New York guy. Sure. Because yeah. he's like kind of this, you know, rough and tumble teenager. You know, it, he's just like, there's something about him that just hits some part of my heart and makes me want to like be Matt Dillon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I can understand that. I, I, you know, i my, my heart never really beat for Matt Dillon, but I have always uh, appreciated him as an actor because I just find him very entertaining to watch, even though a lot of times I sort of feel like he does the same thing, but I don't, I don't mind it. You know, it's, I, like I said, the house that Jack built was, I don't think I would have liked that movie as much as I did if Matt Dillon wasn't there kind of bringing like a, a sad
0: humanity to it. Yeah, no, I, you know, it's funny. I, I've well, you know, actually the reason I started watching these was because I was, I, I have this little movie watching group that every uh, week we all sit down and force each other to watch a movie. And usually we try and choose stuff that's kind of campy and dumb. So one of the things that was chosen blindly was this movie Little Darlings from 1980. And it ended up being freaking great. Little <laughs> um,
1: Darlings.
0: Yeah, it's about two 15-year-old girls who go to camp and they're from like the different different sides of the track, as, as Letterboxd uh, says here. And um, they basically, you know, like the other kids tease them and say, oh, you know, you're both virgins. And so they make this pact to like, okay, we're going to lose our virginity. Uh, And it's Tatum O'Neill and Christy McNichol. Uh, They're both 15. Like, the actors are 15. Matt Dillon's in it. Wait, does does one of them have,
1: uh, like, an inappropriate relationship with, like, a much older camp counselor?
0: Yes. Armand Asante looks like freaking Paul McCartney in this it is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. He is so attractive. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, he plays this older camp counselor that all of the little girls have a crush on. And one of them tries to then, you know, sleep with him. But yeah. she so- like goes to his cabin at night. Yeah and he like sends her
1: away but then basically tells her like come back when you're 18 <laughs> like that kind of Yeah
0: yeah and it's such, it's such a weird funny. dynamic and I watched this with friends and and what, me and one of the other girls that we watched it with we were like oh my god there's so much in this that is so real to being a 15 year old girl like you know like I I had friends who I had to talk out of doing things like that to our teachers in high school, (laughs) uh, you know, like confessing their love to them, you know, in their office alone kind of stuff. I was like, do not do that. Like that is illegal for them. And you don't want to even be in a situation like that. And like, you know, so it's like, or even just the peer pressure. (laughs) That's yeah, no, that's crazy. (laughs) It's crazy. The peer pressure of, uh, you know um being told oh you're a virgin and then finding out that actually everyone's a virgin sure and yeah. not realizing that you know like the, the, there's just so much in this movie that ended up being very like realistic to just how much being a teenager sucks you know like and just like how confusing it is how creepy so much of teenagerdom is because you're in this sort of in between being a child and yeah, being an adult zone yeah, and it, it's totally great, and it's also, like, full of the realization that just everything is miserable, <laughs> <laughs> and that, like, nothing matters, and, like, you know, there are no rules, and, like, rules, are you know, like, you, you just, it, it's such a messed up, crazy time, and I was, like, I can't believe that this movie, they have actual 15-year-olds do, going through, like, real 15-year-old drama uh, that does not, like, you know, censor itself whatsoever, and so then that is really what started me, and then I was like, "Oh, it's Matt Dillon." I'm gonna <laughs> watch all Matt well, Dillon Well, now movies. he's here, so. But so here's my thing: I started watching all these movies, and I want to talk about a couple of them, and then I also, you know, if and I, you know, want to hear your suggestions. Uh, but here's my here's my thesis for this episode: okay. is that I really miss these these 1980s like they're almost like 70s hangover movies that are just about like how messed up it is to be a teenager. And I get so annoyed because modern teen stuff that comes out feels just so censored in comparison. Now, part of that is because, you know, they're casting 25 year olds to be teenagers, which makes a lot of sense, you know, from like a child labor standpoint. And, you know, you don't just like, yeah, but you could cast a
1: 19-year-old. You could at least cast someone who, you know, is still a teenager and not, I mean, forget it. I know we've talked about this just off air uh, with that show Riverdale, where I was like, I love the kid who plays Archie. He's great looking, but he's got lines on his face. You know, he's supposed
0: to be like 15 <laughs> years old.
1: we are like, all right. I don't... Maybe life is rough there in Riverdale really ages (laughs) you
0: well it's rough too because when you are a teenager and you look at somebody like like the cast of Riverdale you're like why don't I look that good and part of it's because you're you're, you know you're an ugly teenager but the other part of it is that they're older than you and they're more mature and like that's not what teenagers look like yeah
1: and they get to spend their entire their entire career is about looking good so they get to spend a lot of time on looking good you're a teenager you have to go to school (laughs) And whatever else you have to do.
0: Though teenagers nowadays have YouTube and they can figure out how to like straighten their hair and shit and put together an outfit. And I'm a little bit jealous of that. I did not have that until college. So, yeah. Uh, But okay. So, anyway, but it would have been nice to have. (laughs) It would have been nice to know. Then I watched Cruel Intentions, which is to be fair from 1999. (laughs) But now I want to talk about everything in between Cruel Intentions and like Little Darlings, basically, because like there is this change that has happened where modern day teen stuff to me is more like Cruel Intentions than it is like Little Darlings. And part of that, too, is I think Gossip Girl is a huge part of that, though that came out after Cruel Intentions, but it's essentially the same exact thing. Gossip Girl, I kind of enjoyed in in like a campy, corny way. Cruel Intentions, I absolutely hated. Absolutely hated this movie. And part of the reason is because it's just like it's exactly the stuff I hate in these teen movies, which is this idea that teenagers are just sitting there like Machiavellian planning, you know, how to like screw each other over and it's like to me, it's just such a capitalist like sensibility that like teenagers do not have and they do not know right. And even
1: like I've I i'm I'm not the biggest cruel intentions fan. Uh, I saw it a lot when I was growing up because I had a lot of friends that loved it and I've you know said this before. like people who love that movie love it. They will say stuff. I've had many people say things to me like you know what movie really holds up cruel intentions and it was something it's so bad yeah where I've been like but it has great performances and it has all these people in it who were like you know who were going to be doing sort of interesting performances for most of their careers so it kind of has that a time capsule feel to it Uh, but no I'm I'm with you where I'd always kind of been like this is kind of silly and it's at you know I'm not a big fan of she's all that either but to call that movie silly which was how i felt about it is kind of redundant you know the movie would look back at you and be like yeah it's it's kind of supposed to be silly it's goofy you know and cruel intentions is so serious uh so, so serious like, stylized painfully shakespeareanly serious um so it is kind of funny i i think people get wrapped up in these like on the on the rise performances and also you know what people love I don't think people even really see it as a teen movie. If I'm being honest, like the people who still love it and still watch it, I think because nobody in it looks remotely close to being a teenager, uh, they, you know, please. I love Sarah Michelle (laughs) Gellar, but she's someone who's like, even when she was a teenager, she kind of looked a little older, you know, she just has a very like intense face. Uh, But I, I think people at this point just kind of see it as, you know, a, a backstabby psycho psycho psychosexual romp uh, that I mean, I
0: guess they should have made it that instead of a teen movie about teenagers in high school who were all crazy rich and everything goes their way and they know how to manipulate everyone around their little finger. And it's like, shut up. Like, you're a teenager, you're too dumb to do this. (laughs) Like even rich teenagers don't have the time to do this shit. Like they're way too busy. Like, doing anything else like like who has the time for this it just pisses me off it's like there's nothing real about this and that's another problem why like how did we get this shift from the poor kids on the wrong side of the tracks to being all about like these you know one percent rich-ass teenagers who have nothing else to do but like manipulate and ruin other people's lives including other adults you know i'm just so sick of this it's such a trope and it's become it's so overdone are there so i gotta i
1: i just have to Maybe I'm not paying attention, but are there really a ton of, uh, like, rich teens manipulating the world movies? I can only think of Cruel Intentions.
0: I mean, God, I'm thinking of TV, really. Because okay. I don't, again, I, I have <laughs> to watch like, wait, hold on. movies. But Gossip Girl is, like, literally that. That's a, the, sure. only, the whole plot of Gossip Girl. I mean, but the thing, too, is not even just about these rich teens, like being billionaires or something but there is i mean actually what was that movie that you saw you reviewed it for back row that um about these rich teens uh that were bored and they decide to kill each other bodies <laughs> bodies bodies okay well there's one but i i was thinking more oh thoroughbreds yeah yeah that one was but i it's None of these movies are about teenagers. They just happen to have teenagers in these situations. Right. And that
1: one's like, kind of different because they're... It's it's more of a female anxiety movie than a, like, a clear teen movie. It's almost... It's more like farcical. You know, it's just... It's, it's taken... It's this kind of... Uh, that kind of plot line taken to like such an extreme. Um, and even kind of in a funny way, adding a layer of realism because in all these movies where you know sometimes people are getting killed accidentally as in cruel intentions and people are lying and like one of the characters in Thoroughbreds is just a, a sociopath period that's like a big portion of the movies her being like it doesn't make me bad I just have to try a little harder to be good. And it kind of, to me, that made me laugh because you do see these movies, even like something like She's All That or 10 Things I Hate About You where people are like scheming, you know? And it, like, sometimes you have to be like, that person, that person's a sociopath. <laughs> these people, all teenagers are kind of sociopaths. All children are kind of sociopaths because you're still like <laughs> trying to understand, you know, how- they haven't developed. Yeah, you're you're- you know something hurts you it can be hard to be like so that also hurts this person uh but i you know that movie i would actually recommend that movie because i think you might see some of these tropes a little like skewered um but also
0: go see bodies bodies
1: bodies they're not teens they're college kids
0: i even like a a movie i don't know if you watch this i probably you didn't i'd be surprised if you had but there's uh to all the boys i love before which no. was a teen romantic comedy uh, that came out on Netflix a couple years ago. And uh, it's 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 very cute. You know, like, I'm not even trying to, to shit on this movie, but I'm about to. <laughs> but I will. Um, it's totally cute. It's fun. It's, it's just about, like, you know, a girl who has a big crush on a boy and then, you know, it's, it's like, I don't even remember the plot. But look, <laughs> here's the good. thing that annoyed me about this movie is that it's about these, like, all of these kids are just they're all like living in rich suburbs. They have these perfectly curated rooms that look like it came out of a pottery barn teen magazine. Uh, You know, like they go on school ski trips and they make out in hot tubs and all this stuff. Okay. Maybe that happens somewhere on this God's green earth, you know, like maybe in the Midwest and California, everybody just has a pool and, you know, and their own bedroom and their own, you know, bathroom or something.
1: Yeah. I but- mean, and a lot of people have hot tubs. Come on now. <laughs> you can, you can just buy a hot tub online and they deliver it to your house. It doesn't matter how shitty your yard is. They'll just put a hot tub there.
0: Well, so here's the thing though, is like, I just, it's just about like, you know, who's going to kiss who and who's, you know, making out with who. And of course all the boys that have crushes on her are all really attractive and she's very attractive and like, oh gosh, the, the most attractive boy, uh, you know, loves me too and, and yada, yada. And like, this is all good and fine. And it's and it's a fantasy and it's indulging in a fantasy. But then you get like a movie like Over the Edge from 1979, which is just like insane. It's again, like starring actual 14 year olds. It's this like, it's based on this um, like planned community in California that apparently had like the highest rate. Of teen violence and crime because they when they planned this community, they didn't plan anything for the kids to do. So it was all about like, you know, oh, we need to get these businesses to move into our planned community so that our house houses go up in, uh, you know, value. But then meanwhile, like here's like one shed for all the kids to hang out in. And then so, of course, all the kids turned to crime.
1: Sure. And yeah. like
0: bullying. Because they didn't have anything to do, you know, they didn't have a movie theater or like a, you know, they have this one rec center, which is like really depressing. And of course, like the only adult that, that, you know, treats them like humans is the only person who works there and everyone else dismisses them because they're too busy being, you know, adults, busy business adults. And it's such a great movie because it, I mean, granted it goes nutty. It goes over the top. Like there's like a lot of fire and gun violence and explosions, but it's also like, wrestling with some real shit that teens go through. You know, and it's like it's not that like oops I manipulated your boyfriend because he loves me and like the invisible hand wants what it wants, bitch. Like I hate that. I hate it. Well, and it's funny because it's also
1: I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not big on the I don't watch gossip, girl, but it sounds like you do, Jenna. <laughs> I do. Um, so, <laughs> I'm not I'm not big on that. I just I kind of on the same note, though, like telling this story about over the edge, I'm like, right. But that also doesn't sound that sounds like a a a certain teens reality. But if you're going to be making like something that's supposed to speak to the mass, if you're really going like oh, representative of a teen experience, that's also not super common. You know, so it's
0: that's that's but not shit something in this. There's like details in this that I thought were really that to me felt very realistic. Like, you know, like like. Meeting up with your friends and sh- and setting some shit on fire in your free time. Sure, you didn't do that as a teen. Oh, come on, You like know like I did. when's the last time you saw that happen in a movie with teenagers that wasn't about like the mean psychopathic teens the one doing that? It's like no, every teen's doing that,
1: right? Well, but that's you know, also like, I think I think some of your uh, like distaste towards teen movies could be cured by watching some of like the horror teen movies because that will probably you know i feel like you still haven't seen the craft am i correct in this
0: um i feel like i saw it on tv but not i would like if i watched it it would feel like it was brand new i think you should definitely watch it because it's that one
1: that one's kind of uh it's it's also kind of why i like thoroughbreds where it's it It talks about teen experiences and like things that are feeling very insecure. And there's, you know, a character who has scars all over herself. She still looks like Nev Campbell, but when she has the scars all over herself, she thinks she's ugly. She expects people to treat her ugly. She doesn't, you know, take, she doesn't do herself up. She doesn't take pride in her appearance. And you kind of see that being, you know, true to a teen where – as an adult, we're going like, oh my god, are you kidding me? You're still so beautiful. You got some scars on your shoulders and your back? Whatever, you're fine. You know, but to right. a teen, you have a zit and you think the world is ending. So I right. can imagine as, you know, I didn't have horrific burn scars all down my shoulders and back, but I could imagine it would make me feel like a leper. Uh, so, and then the craft, of course, it's got the supernatural element, but that is also part of, it's like the powerlessness you have in in teen... The teen years. I almost said young adulthood because I never really know where the cutoff is, but I don't I don't know. I think young adult is probably young uh,
0: adult is like twenty to twenty five. Yeah. Cause I always (laughs) think like
1: young adult novels are like for 14 year olds. And then young calling someone a young adult. I'm like, but you have to be in your (laughs) twenties. And then you're a young adult. Uh so that's you know, just but that like absolute powerlessness. That we all feel through a lot of our lives, but especially when you're a teen, because you can't even go to the bathroom without asking someone, you know, things are so regulated. You're kind of always being watched. Uh, So to have like this power to get people to do whatever you want, it's the where Cruel Intentions like follows that thought process all the way to the end. Like, well, let's have the teens be able to do whatever they want. The craft has people like just trying to get there. Just trying to be able to I yeah, make
0: Christine Taylor's hair fall out. They do a lot of petty, petty stuff, too. <laughs> no, but that's so you're so right. And I think that's a huge part. That's a huge thing of what I really like about these 80s teen movies is that they're they're wrestling with your lack of authority. And and like, you know, they're striking out wherever they can get it. Yeah. And a lot of the times it's like petty and a lot of the times it's like barely anything but like it's the only thing they have it's like that one scrap of of power that they do have so when you have these like cruel intentions like teenagers where they have all the power in the world and they just choose to to be evil about it without like you know if they were actually witches or something i think i would have gotten more behind it but instead to just show them as like you know Rich like idiots. oh they're so smart you know it's like they're not they're obnoxious and then the right the, the sincerity of that too, where it's like you're meant to really care about this love story, is ridiculous. But I don't want to shit on that movie so much as <laughs> as I want to. Notes from the back row, Jana. Jana hates Cruel Intentions. <laughs> I do, but here's the thing. Okay, so how about like My Bodyguard? Okay,
1: like now is my a language. movie
0: is a movie that to me I also thought. Now, number one, this movie is like so tender. It is,
1: it's <laughs> adorable.
0: It's like, you know, it's it's borderlines on on corny, Um, but you don't even have to, you
1: don't have to qualify that with borderlines. You (laughs) especially very corny. If you watch (laughs) it as like a full grown adult in, let's say 2015 ish, uh, you will be, I already thought it was kind of corny, like when I was a kid and my corny level, my corny tolerance is pretty high because um, I was goth so I had to have some <laughs> level of corny tolerance but when I saw it again as an adult I was like, oh my I still loved it because you're right it is tender it is a movie that kind of like cares about the characters that you're supposed to you know there's some idiots in it um but when I saw it again as an adult, I was like Shh, get out of here like okay, <laughs> all right
0: Just I smiling at the- each
1: other and walking away. <laughs>
0: Dude, I saw it for the first time, like, this month. Like, I hadn't seen it, or I had no memory of it if I saw it on TV. But the thing is, like, like, yeah, like, there's multiple scenes of Ruth Gordon being, like, a manic pixie dream grandma.
1: Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> and, like, that's
0: what she's good at. And, like, father-son bonding, like, th- via peeping at people through a telescope as, like, w- <laughs> women undress, But... Here's the thing it's also like it's like this tender and gentle movie, but it's also super brutal, you know it's like the it's this whole movie about like you know learning to like love yourself and learning to you know see through uh expectations and you know to to not judge others and that you know the 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 rumor mill of teendom and then like in the end, it's just like so beat up the bullies like right the shit out of well <laughs> if he
1: uh threw your motorcycle into the lagoon, kick his ass.
0: That's exactly it's like this whole movie that's just builds up this the to to basically just beat the shit out of anyone who beats the shit out of you, which is I can't imagine a movie <laughs> coming out today that has that conclusion. It's but I also funny. Just,
1: it's a movie all that like has so many heavy consequences in like even before the movie starts, that's Matt Dillon's character is rumored to have shot his little brother, or he finds his little brother. Well, that's Adam brother. Baldwin's character.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, Matt Dillon's the... He's just the shithead in this. Right. He's moody. Uh, That, Yeah, Melvin Moody. Melvin Moody. Okay. (laughs) Woo! 2015
1: was seven years ago, folks. Uh, (laughs) I should have looked this one up, too. I looked up Over the Edge because I was like, I know I saw that movie, but I don't really remember it. And I was like, "Ah, I just watched My Bodyguard seven years ago. Yeah, so... (laughs) um, Yeah, but so, like, you... You know, it it does kind of seem like there's some level of consequences for characters. A lot of times in movies in general, forget just teen movies, characters are able to kind of float through things that would land the rest of us in jail. They can just kind of like walk away from. Uh, but so this movie does kind of start with like, it feels like it might be more serious. And then it just kind of gets.
0: Yeah, it totally gets cheesy. But I really I love like this concept uh, you know, uh, of them highlighting this idea of just how quickly, you know, in high school, your reputation can just get completely destroyed by like one rumor. Right. So, like, everyone in the school thinks that Adam Baldwin is like a loner a and a killer, freak, and yeah. and this also like the idea that he, you know, he clearly is going through puberty, and no one, everyone else is one year away from that. So he's like <laughs> massive, yeah. You know, and it's like there's always that one kid who's just massive, and he's just and got that
1: meaty face.
0: and it's just like you know it's like a full foot taller than everybody else and so like and everyone has these like opinions oh i heard he killed his brother oh like i heard he raped like a teacher and like all of this stuff and it's like that's so real i mean like there's so many times in high school where you you hear the craziest rumors about shit and like you don't know if they're real or not and you know there's plenty of times where you're also so obsessed with not looking stupid that, you know, any like any whiff of like, oh, this person has a, a rumor. It means I can't like speak to them or look and look them in the eye. And then like, you know, the the hurt and pain of being that person. Right. You know, who's who's essentially being bullied too by the entire school. But what what can you even do about it? It's like it's based on there's nothing you can say or do. And, and you know, everyone's alienating you. So, like, I just you know, that that to me is like a real teen thing, let alone, like you know, dealing with the loss of of a brother uh, at that age, or dealing with bullies, or dealing you with know- guilt. Yeah, I mean that's
1: something that you know adults struggle with. It's 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 a hard thing because a lot of times it it involves someone else. Uh, so there's always the you know he's got the guilt of like knowing some doing something wrong. Um. Not meaning to, and then holding on to the secret, and is it worse to like tell people the truth? Will that cause more pain? Will it make him feel better? you know and so in a in a still corny movie, I thought there was enough moments where I was like, "Yeah, all right, that seems like somebody took a minute to think about like the emotional reality of this scene
0: exactly, exactly, emotional reality, I think that's the thing that's maybe killing me. I think that's the exact words that that's missing. There's no emotional reality in Cruel Intentions, but it acts like there is. Right. Versus, say like Wild Things, which came out the year before Cruel Intentions. That movie, in comparison, I think is amazing.
1: Yeah, that movie. <laughs> when crazy. I watched it, I thought
0: it was mediocre, but now that I've seen Cruel Intentions, I realize that Wild Things is a perfect film because it did everything that I wanted. Uh-oh. It was totally ridiculous. It's a total, it's like, you know, it's like a cartoon. And that was great. Nothing is, nothing pretends to be real about that. It's just about shocking you. It's about taking a bunch of like, you know, threads of something real and spinning it to its like craziest conclusion.
1: And even, you know, when we're talking about these kind of ridiculous rich teens. Okay, well, there are some ridiculous rich teens out there what would ridiculous rich teens do if they were, like, coming up with a scheme? Why would they come up with a scheme? To get her trust fund? To get, like, that makes sense. And it's yeah. also, like, I don't want to call it a sloppy plan because it's written, you know, it's it's a Hollywood movie. They wrote it to be twists and turns. and But it's a plan I could see a teenager being like, this is foolproof. <laughs> like, this will definitely work. Everyone, everybody will believe it. So... You right. Know, it, it's got plus. The- it also
0: gets them. It gets them laid. I mean, that's another thing where it's right. like you know these teens are trying to be adults at least in in wild things. It's again completely ridiculous and, and unrealistic. But you also get why like Denise Richards with her like crazy mom who's flirting with everyone oh, and boy. banging the pool boy openly <laughs> and like why she would be unhappy to be you know you know in compare in com- competition with her mother. While also trying to emulate her at the same time, because that's what she thinks a, an adult woman does, and also knowing
1: that you know money is incredibly important in this society in this country, that you know if she, if she doesn't want to be forever tied to her like horrific family, she has to start getting money from them, and it's it's got a better like, it's got better power dynamics. You know, in I will also say just as a side note, I don't like dangerous liaisons either. I kind of hate this like, ah, the rich the games that rich people play like that, that whole I don't know if I want to call it a genre, um, but that those types of movies always kind of bother me. Uh, And so when Cruel Intentions came out, it was like, oh, it's the teen dangerous liaisons um and i had already been like oh i hated that movie <laughs> it was like that movie was so annoying so that's i think but even
0: you know so even to take it away from like the the craziness and to to go the other side of that craziness is clueless <laughs> yeah. which i finally watched for the first time after i think decades of you telling me to watch it yeah, and probably. quoting it at me
1: aggressively
0: oh yeah and and it was i was saying to to dan you know like it's not that i never wanted to see it it was just that i because it had been so hyped i wanted to be like in the mood and ready to see it so that i i wasn't like gonna dismiss it or something i'm kind of glad that i waited i think i like it more now than i would have when i previously but anyhow here's what i liked about clueless (laughs) is that now you have these, well, Paul Rudd, which I didn't realize was in Clueless, which you told me that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> Everybody knows that. If you know who Paul Rudd is,
1: you know he was in Clueless. I, I all right, whatever. Keep going. You were saying.
0: <laughs> Even in Clueless, where you have crazy rich teens doing crazy stuff, it there is more of an emotional core that makes more sense here, too, because now you have somebody uh, who is trying to do her best. right who is trying to help people. And, and meanwhile, she like, you know, is kind of walking all over them or or giving backhanded compliments, but she's doing it with the best intentions. And also again, trying to, you know, emulate what she thinks an adult is meant to be like and with the loss of her mother. I mean, there's so much like real emotion that props up this movie. And of course it goes off into, you know, great comedic beats and, and silliness, But, you know, it really, at the end of the day, has a very true to teenage dynamic, like at the heart of it.
1: Yeah. And what I, as an adult, have come to appreciate about Clueless, I always loved it. I've You know, uh, starting starting from a very young age, loved Clueless. And what I saw when I watched it over and over again as I grew up was that like every there is no like moral center for the movie in that almost everybody is a moral center. She even says it at the end where she's like, all my friends are great for different reasons. And she's like thinking of how she appreciates all of them. Or it's like, that's also something that's, that is true to me as being a teenager where it's like, I didn't litter. I I still don't. But like as a teenager, you know, I'd yell at my friend Ahmed for spitting out his gum and throwing his cigarette butts away you know, I was picking cans out of out of uh the trash. I mean like people are supposed to recycle. Like that I would have been <laughs> like, I'm the moral center here. Do you know who everybody started doing drugs with? And I all my friends are like, Well, the first time I did anything was with you. And I wouldn't
0: you know, I Me are, too. <laughs> yeah,
1: so <laughs> that kept going. But it's funny to kind of like you know, and and think of your friends that you had. I a lot of the people I'm I was close with in high school. I'm still close with, and a lot of the moral centers are sort of the same. Uh, but it's fun to kind of be like, well, the friend who you could count on to do this, but you didn't want to count on to do this. Well, the friend who would you know is gonna show up for, for whatever, but is gonna flake out on you if you're going to the beach, like whatever. It, it, you just kind of start to piece people together and that you're going like, Oh, there is no such thing as perfect. There is no such thing as like absolute and right. It's just people figuring out as best they can, what works. Uh, so I really, I like that. I think all the characters in clues, even when they're being ridiculous, have a note of truth to them. Uh, I share certainly. Uh, you know, it's
0: Brittany Murphy, you uh, know, I, she, number one, I, I like barely recognized her in this, which is pretty funny. <laughs> Uh, but she's such a great character too. I mean, it's like, you know, that's like just such a real teen character where she gets picked up, you know, and, and share sitting there, we're going to make her over. We're going to like, but she's of course, always going back to her, her impulses, which are to share, you know, low class. Right. And, you know, there's just, there's a, two East just, coast. <sighs> exactly. She's from New York. <laughs> And it's great. It's just such a good, you know, this great dynamic of just different types of teenagers that you see. And then the way that she, you know, both wants to be part of Cher's group, but also is just too insecure and also doesn't fully understand what it means to be part of Cher's group. Uh, you know, I, I, and then the, how the way that she even turns on, on Cher at the end, it feels real. It's like this sort of a beat of cruelty that she then feels bad about and then apologizes for her. Right, because, you know, she
1: she got a crush on someone who she thought she was allowed to have a crush on, you know? So, and Cher being kind of weird about it. Even that thing where it's like, oh, people being kind of, like, irrationally upset about something because they haven't figured it out yet themselves. You know, where you're like, well, that's going to happen for the rest of your life, but it happens a
0: lot when you're a teen. Oh, my God, so much. And it feels like there's something in this movie. I mean, like, if you, you saw this as a teenager, did you find that this, this like, taught you anything in maybe a subliminal way? I'm sure it did. I didn't even
1: see it as a teenager. I saw it as a, a child. I saw it when it came out. Uh, so I think I was, like, nine, ten. Um, I didn't see it in the theaters. We rented it on VHS. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Woo! From All Star Video. Uh, so what did it... it it probably taught me, first of all, it taught me um, a couple of references that did, you know, became more important later in life. Uh, I know who Billy Holiday is because that was my first introduction to Billy Holiday was Cher being like, <laughs> I love him, Christian. Being like, right. Okay, <laughs> sure. You know, because whoever, whatever adult was in the room would always start laughing and Bonnie and I would be like, I don't get it. Well, maybe she does love him. How do you know? uh but i and (laughs) i think i i i imagine there's probably things i learned from clueless that i i don't even don't even quite realize uh but
0: i like this movie's stance on sex for yeah. teenagers yeah, you know yeah. like I think it was pretty refreshingly uh you know non it was like th- this ability to say no or to admit that like you know I, it's not for me right at this moment and not there wasn't like a hardcore judgment happening right it wasn't like like uh, the idea of being in love and having like a boyfriend's a big deal but like sex is like tertiary and I feel like there is like th- that to me felt like a real teen beat where, sure. you know, you, like, want it, you know about it, but you don't really get it, it's, you know? It's – because that's something that changes
1: as an adult where the idea of, like, if you're in a relationship with someone, you're having sex with them. You know, that's, like, part of a relationship. Uh, but in, in your teen years, that's kind of one of the only times where it's, like, you could be or you couldn't. It might be. It might be one way or the other. Um I mean, I guess that's not true for everyone. Maybe I'm speaking for myself. But if,
0: <laughs> I... <laughs> I mean, at least it's something that like that you want and that you're not that you're sort of barred from, even though you're not. I mean, teens are having sex, <laughs> yeah. But right, like but you know, there is this sort of like it's it, a it's bigger appealing. Decision. It's appealing because you're not meant to have it as right. a teen. So society is telling you. I mean, that was another thing I really liked about Little Darlings was how that movie approaches sex. Like there's this really awkward sex scene uh, between Christy McNichol and uh, Matt Dillon. And they're both, I mean, they're both 14 years old and they're in this shed and, you know, like they're just sort of like, you know, it's like this very, like, it's like heartbreaking and it's uncomfortable and it's also so real. And it's just like, all of the crummy encounters and, and the the sort of casual cruelty of being a teen. Like, you don't need to have these big pointed schemes. I mean, like being like, you know, a teenager is just full of basically Brittany Murphy's like, you know, when she turns and, and, and insults. your are
1: virgin like... who can't
0: drive. <laughs> there you go. I knew <laughs> you were going to have the quote. Of course. that That's. that's... That's really what being a teen is about, though. It's like having somebody say something pointed and like true, but also insulting, like right to your fucking face. Right. Or, you know, making out with the boy you have a crush on and then he's like totally uninterested in you or like, you know, is is also kind of just using you so that he has something to tell his friends about. And like, you know, these sort of things that are like they're like these everyday cruelties that happen all the time as a teenager This alienation and you know bullying whether or not it's physical i mean like there there's so much that's messed up about being a teen and it's like why i i just feel like there's there's no movies coming out today that are really about that like they always have these happy endings
1: did you see um fast times at ridgemont high have you ever come like i have not i would i would have been (laughs) surprised i was like not only is it a teen movie but it's kind of like a stoner movie in you know at least parts of it um but it's that has that movie has a pretty realistic hold on like sex in in the teen world Uh, there is also like a very awkward realistically awkward sex scene where it even even when it starts it's like they undress in opposite corners you know (laughs) stuff where you're kind of like oh okay where you don't quite
0: know what you're doing Um, 1982 that movie yeah sounds about right and then somewhere in the middle, we lose it. We lose the thread. I mean, and I'm is it, you know, I watched Stand By Me again, mm-hmm. which I hadn't seen also for ages. And so it felt like watching a new movie, I, even though I knew it was going to happen plot wise. That's insane. I, I watched that movie like every 18 months. <laughs> I think I watched it this summer. Well, you have a great article on backdashrow.com about a lot I of did. the movies that I brought up here. Childhood uh, by is by hell is, is definitely one of them. And and yes, exactly, this idea that childhood is hell. I mean, Stand by Me is interesting because it it also like it has the like the the crazy sweetness and tenderness <laughs> that um is real it's realistically done it's not corny like my bodyguards really really corny right stand by me reminds me more of like the outsiders or something where it's like it's like way more tender than you expected considering the the plot but it's also like it's like real you know it's like all these kids kind of like you know you can kind of see who they're gonna be when they get older and like the kids aren't really who you thought they were gonna be when you know, all the, all the adults judge them, but really like, you know, river Phoenix, uh, you know, has a good head on his shoulders. He's just knows that he's doomed. And so he treats life like everything is going to, to fall to pieces because that's all he sort of knows and what he, and what everyone tells him his life is going to be like, you know, like there's a good sincerity in this. And that's 86. Like I'm trying to like find the moment where this stuff tips over into like just only feel good. And it scrubs out the dead body.
1: (laughs) So, well, and it's funny because I, I don't, I don't really have that same perspective on it. And I'm thinking of like the things I liked in the nineties. And I realized like a lot of the teen stuff that I liked, even TV shows, uh, they were, they were horror based. And I think, you know, we've brought up obviously horror gets brought up a lot. Uh, but horror as as a sublimation of fears is kind of perfect for the teen world and so even something like Buffy the Vampire Slayer like the tv show I am not super familiar with the movie um the but the tv show has that same it's like the craft where it has the same mix of a lot of times the monster will sort of mirror the like weird teen problem that's happening uh and there is a lot of there's a lot of body horror and people sort of, you know, being in these grotesque shells that is kind of what it feels like to go through puberty. <laughs> it's just like you're crawling yeah. out of your skin all the time. So I think a lot of that's there. I just think that kind of started finding more of a home in the horror world. Because uh, I feel like there's always been pretty solid teen horror movies, even if they're kind of stupid. They, you know, list there's... more, list more, <laughs> list more. Okay, teen horror movies. Um, I like Scream. And now I'm like, what? What is I Scream? Think?
0: It Scream's a teen horror movie. I saw Scream in theaters as, as a child, and I hated it. And it was part of the reason I stopped watching horror movies. I can't believe you saw
1: uh, that. Would have freaked me out to see it in. Yeah, like, it freaked me out.
0: I took it completely oh, seriously. The, oh, that's and then everyone's like, this. oh, it's like it's a satire, and I'm like, I don't give a shit. I'm never gonna watch it ever it's again. Still so. <laughs> It's especially as a
1: kid, especially because I was pretty young when I saw it. I it was not in the theaters, it was again a rental on VHS. Uh, and because that's that's how old we are, kids. Um, and I it like it really I really loved it, but it also really scared me. Uh, which is funny because a lot of there had been a lot of movies or a handful of movies I watched before that that scared me and I hated them because like Chucky, you just forget it. I, I, I have watched that movie since, but it took like 20 years before I was like, all right, I'll watch Chucky again. Uh, But scream, I had really, really enjoyed. Um, Did you ever, so I feel like this is one that, that might fall in between, like almost there. Uh, but did you ever see I Know What You Did last summer? No. So I I would be curious to get uh, your take on it, just because I feel like it's, it's halfway there. There is a reality to the teens. They all, you know, sure, they share this horrific secret, but the next year they've also all kind of, like, grown apart and are a- awkward and weird around each other. You know, people who had dated and now don't really – want to spend that much time around each other and um but then it is also it's it's not my favorite it gets it's like kind of falls apart as far as just being like a stupid slasher movie uh but i would say if you're talking about like teen horror movies there's also there's a lot from the 80s there's the like fright night um Oh, Jennifer's Body. Good. I'm glad I looked them up. Uh, I don't like <laughs> cut that this one. out. I really like Jennifer's Body. I, I can get,
0: I can understand liking that one as a as like a horror concept for sure. But I don't I mean, is that I guess that's technically meant to be a teen movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're like in high, high, school.
0: high school. Yeah. That's
1: cuz some of the movies How? when I was like all right, teen horror movies, they have this some of them where I'm like everyone in this is in college. So it's like Urban Legend, which I really loved that movie uh, when I was a teen. And it's funny to be like, yeah, but that's not a teen
0: movie. You guys are 21. (laughs) Come on. That's Tara Reid. Well, how about like, okay, I watched The Virgin Suicides for the first time pretty recently. Ah, Now how about something like this? Like, I feel like if this came out in the eighties, it would have not been rated R like it would have been a teen movie. And there's so much in that, that film that really is relevant to teenagers. And yet the way it gets spoken of is like, you know, psychological drama, you know, like it's, it's like for adults, but it isn't like, it really has a lot of, I think relatable. Like to me, this is what I would, I would want more from a teen movie i guess
1: yeah i i guess i don't know how to classify that movie if i'm being honest um i do kind of think of it as a teen movie and i liked it a lot more i don't want to say i liked it more when i was a teen because i saw it at the castro a couple of years back um and remember having a moment where i was like i was kind of ready to hate this because i liked it so much when i was younger. But it still resonates enough with me. And then, right at the end, it's like written by Sophia Coppola. And I was like, "Shut up. It's based on a very famous book. Like don't <laughs> that's the first title. That's the first credit., oh, I hate you. But with that movie, I do think I do like it as a teen movie. Um, but to me, it feels too much of like an adult looking at teenhood it feels yeah. it feels like it's hitting the notes and it's still understanding like why the world feels so heavy as as a kid but it still feels to me it where i'm like yeah this this feels like someone who like lived for a while and is looking back at this weird family and so i it doesn't feel as like in the moment as something like clueless or even heathers which i don't particularly like but is you know a movie that at least it, it feels like it's kind of written by teenagers.
0: Yeah. Heather's I think Heather's I, I I give a pass to in that regard because it also is, it's more stylized and it's dealing more with like an emotional truth. Like there's no emotional truth for me for no teen emotional truth at the core of cruel intentions. The the point of that movie is to bang your brother or whatever stepbrother uh, please
1: stepbrother
0: that that's it like that's all they have whereas like the idea of like shooting up a school or something FBI I'm talking about conceptually <laughs> this is all um, hypothetical this is uh, but that's like something that teenagers at least think about even in a pre yeah uh, you know col- Columbine world right. I mean like that was. You know, it's, it's
1: hard to say. Well, that's not realistic. That doesn't happen. You know. Yeah,
0: especially now. Period. But like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I, I'm with you. Like, virgin suicides to me just felt more like, um, you know, living when in the wake of tragedy, and, right. and a sort of meditation on that. So that's that's definitely a di- that's different. But there is like I I just. There's a realness in that about just the reality of being a teenager and like, you know, the way the boys like all show up to the house, like ready to have a good time. And like, don't they, they don't understand even what these girls are going through, uh, you know, and, and that stuff to me is like, that's what I want out of teen movies like this, because, again, it's that casual cruelty. Right. Well, and that
1: I have to this is not how we we landed on this topic, but how this topic has been sort of revived is that I very recently saw Booksmart which I like enjoyed enough you know I kept watching it I was on a plane but I could have watched something else if I really didn't like it um, and I kind of liked individual scenes like characters in individual scenes but I had said this to you where it's like I felt like if it felt like a lot of the dialogue especially had been sort of like sanded down where they would have said something meaner, you know, she overhears the like um Molly oh my god, what's a Beanie Feldstein or whatever? Feldstein, yeah. Feldstein. I was like, you know, she overhears people talking in she's in the the bathroom and overhears people talking shit about her, and the worst thing they're saying is like I I'd put a bag over her personality to have sex with her. And I was like, guys, you're in high school. Everyone in your high school, it's like a rich L.A. high school. You're all beautiful. She's like kind of short and dumpy and chubby. There's no way this is the least nice thing you're saying, you know, that's get out of here. I heard I i saw really beautiful girls get called fat, you know. I was like, oh, yeah,
0: especially in the 90s, dude. Oh, if you were it. like more than 110 pounds, you were fat.
1: Yeah, I know. I was like, please. So it just it it seemed silly anyway like there was it was kind of supposed to be this like over the top one night odyssey sure you know okay i can kind of i can believe kids jumping around from party to party and having but it was like everyone even the conflicts were you know it, nothing nothing really felt like it had any teeth even people who like hated that character once that character showed up to a party they were like i was so glad you're here you're like, what?
0: Right. <laughs> no, I'm so with you. I kept being like, you. did I miss a scene? I, I'm so with you. I mean, that Booksmart basically is like the female super bad without the dick jokes. And the dick jokes were the only part of Superbad I thought was real. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, you know, I, I just, I, I mean, I, I don't hate Booksmart. I thought it made me smile. I I thought it was, you know, also like a fun watch. But it's just you know, and I and I enjoyed actually the focus on the overachievers as opposed to like the you know the popular kids, right? But like right. I'm totally with you. There is no way that these girls would have gotten anywhere. I mean, like I also think a uh, same thing was super bad. I, I yeah, remember I was like, at the time I hated thinking super like super bad. Who who casts this? Because like you know, this is clearly like somebody's like like they're they're their loser son, and they want them to feel good, <laughs> so they cast the. <laughs> got these two you know loser looking kids like i like i like michael Sarah. i like jonah hill actually fine i think they're they're great but like it's just that these characters as you're saying in high school these kids would have never gotten anywhere they wouldn't have even how do they even have a car (laughs) i mean like there's also someone who just said you like these guys enough you are i just but in high school dude high school is so cruel Like, I mean, sure, but a car,
1: a car is their own. That's not like a popularity thing. He just had has to go get a car, you know, that that I will say that there
0: is a part of these movies that that fully I don't I didn't even have a locker in high school. So I as somebody who grew up in New York City, I totally don't relate to any of that. Like like the car stuff. I did not know anyone who had a car. We couldn't do anything. Uh, you know, so I mean, like there's part of that, that I think is, is a big part of why I don't get these suburban like high school dramas, but I just, I'm with you. Like the way that these kids kind of move through the world or that they even have one crazy night in high school like this, like, I don't know, like maybe I was a square, (laughs) (laughs) but did, did you have any experience in high school that was like this, like curated like this meticulously no like i have i have college experiences that were like that for sure right and we would have you
1: know we would certainly have nights in high school that were like you know we would be like wow what a wild night but when you hear it as an adult this i can give you broad strokes of a halloween where we went to go see rocky heart like a live show one of our friends was in it uh that was you know, when you're in theater, you do have a lot of those experiences in high school where you're like, well, I want to go see something because my friend was in it. It was like midnight on Halloween. And so we went to go see Rocky Horror and, you know, got stoned, I'm sure, beforehand. Um, and then drove around and like ran a red light and thought we were getting chased by the cops and like pulled into a parking lot and turned our lights off. And then our other friend showed up and was like what the hell did you guys do where were you going like all you know uh and then we went to the beach and watched the sunrise and then we went to ihop and when you hear it as an adult you're kind of like well that's not that crazy I'm like yeah that
0: that sounds exactly you know, <laughs> exactly exactly like what I, I do i just you know like the the i think the craziest time i mean i'm trying to even remember but yeah it'd be like I, we went to a concert and then uh we went home <laughs> maybe i'm a loser teen i was a loser teen but like you know okay. i was gonna say i have a few more stories
1: than that um i think i probably did drugs more than you in high school oh yeah i didn't do any <laughs> drugs in high school so that's but even still even a lot of the like drug stories i have are are silly you know and at the time we probably thought they were so wild but it's like well no you just ate mushrooms and like walked around in the rain for four hours in this rural area by the beach you know not even like (laughs) through the tenderloin or something you're just like no it's completely safe and completely serene and it was like what a crazy night we stayed up all night doing mushrooms all right all right little (laughs) veronica sure
0: that's yeah. I had friends who would tell me stories like that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Jenna, you sure were a square, dude. That's why I'm so mean to the super bad kids because, like, like I <laughs> well, I loved and that. plus
1: Jonah Hill deserves it. I think we we're allowed to be mean to Jonah <laughs> oh. Hill.
0: <laughs> stop, stop feeling bad for these people, Jenna. <laughs> but anyhow, all of this to say. I would love to hear from you, the listener, if you can think of teen movies that you think really, like, sum up what it was like to be a teen, or if you have an idea of why certain things went out. I mean, I think that that push in the 90s for, you know, parental warnings and stuff like that, I think helped move the needle.
1: Yeah. And you know, what's what's funny? I just read this book. uh, All right. All right. All right. The. The. oral the mixed up oral history of days confused and it's about the making of that movie which has a lot going on because it's they sort of let these like young 20s hot actors they were all living in a hotel together they were all kind of able to do whatever they wanted uh, and it cultivated the sense of what it was like to be a teen in the 70s because you know it was we're getting to a time where Parents started to pay a lot more attention to their kids and were hovering over them more. And Richard Linklater would be talking to some of these younger actors about what it was like growing up, you know, where they were like, You really threw a bowling ball through a car window. And they were just like, Yeah, we just drove around and kind of did whatever we wanted. And nobody, nobody stopped us. Nobody, you know, parents were just more permissive. Uh, and as we see, I feel like that certainly has gone the opposite direction. Uh, You know, parents are not remotely permissive anymore. I feel like they really, kids are kind of on leashes. Uh, And so it's, I think, you know, the 90s was also kind of a time. Yeah, labels are getting slapped on things more. PG-13 was not new. I don't want to say it was new. But in the, you know, in the recent history, things that would, they didn't really have anything in the middle for a while. It was just PG or R. Uh, so it's kind of maybe even like more of a growing world for, for uh, teens to like media wise. And so you do kind of have more dreck, you know, you do kind of get stuff that is, that's going to kind of go anywhere it wants with it because you already have a million teen movies that are kind of, kind of real. So I guess we'll do one that's like dangerous liaisons. Um, but I do, I think, I think maybe even part of some of the, the teen movies I've seen recently uh, while they do feel almost sanitized is that that might be part of it is that there is, there is sort of more of like, you know, we try to curate and sanitize our own perspective all the time. Well,
0: actually it sounds to me, I was going to say that, you know, there is this shift in media for things being more about, wish fulfillment and escapism and this idea that that this is what you expect from art and that it must have a you know reflect a, a moral do goodness that I think you know is really something that has been pushed more and more in the last couple decades but that sounds like it could be a whole other episode so yeah right that could
1: that's even we think about like the nihilistic move of the 70s where all of sudden things were kind of being like realistic quote-unquote because um, obviously sometimes that's sometimes even when you're trying to do something realistically it's still kind of like okay he just drove off and left Karen Black at the gas station jeez <laughs> wow what a dick Uh but I I do yeah I think that there is I've I have said this myself and I've heard this a lot people just being like it's fun it's fun I like it because it's fun and you know we're both fine with that um, but I think also sometimes you can still be discerning about fun. <laughs> you know,
0: sometimes you, can... you got light shit on fire. <laughs> That's fun. Okay, like I I have a vivid memory of sitting literally across the street from my high school in the middle of Brooklyn, in the middle of the street, lighting shit on fire uh, in front of a parking lot, and the principal of the school walked by, and he said, "Hey, kids." be safe and he kept walking don't uh, start any fires and so like i just feel like there's that's that's what i'm missing is like the reality and the truth of this shit and that's what i long for and that's why matt Dillon has become my spirit animal i guess sure i would say i you haven't seen days confused or you have
1: i don't think so i think you would really enjoy that uh just as even I'll just watch it. as a movie you know it's a really a a great little slice of life that is like sometimes terrifying, sometimes seems like a lot of fun. Um, I feel like there was, there was another teen movie. Oh, I don't know if I would count this one as a teen movie,
0: but it kind of would, have you ever seen election? No, but I, I, (laughs) that, that is doing things that um, at least are a little bit more intriguing. Oh my goodness. But I don't know if it's a teen movie.
1: It's because it's it was like MTV Productions. You know, it was sort of, it was, they showed ads on like the the TV I was watching, like the shows I was watching. So I feel like in some way, maybe it was at least targeted <laughs> towards teens. I don't, I hesitate to call it a teen movie, but what, where it does succeed as a teen movie, again, is like showing how small, someone's world can be when they're this is all you know you know you intellectually know there's more out there you intellectually know that there's life after high school but your brain's not done yet so you still kind of just everything everything causes a reaction and they play this like crazy music whenever Reese Witherspoon's character Tracy is about to like freak out this real like ah like screaming kind of music (laughs) it's so good and she's just like people just going nuts for no reason which does also feel a lot like high school
0: and also is a great back row article written by veronica oh yeah the evolution of election yeah because i watched it a whole bunch
1: of times in my life and didn't you know i i guess i wasn't really a teen when i first watched it. maybe i was maybe i was like 13 which, again, I'm like, yeah, teen. But when I think of teen, I usually think of, like, 16, 17. I think of driving and smoking weed <laughs> and having a job. That
0: was, like, that was my teen teen life. So if you also had a teen life, <laughs> you should tweet at us. <laughs> or Facebook us. Or email us. Or comment on this Uh page on backdashro.com we want to hear from you tell us what teen movies we should be watching tell that tell us that we're totally wrong and that super bad is exactly what your teen experience was like and, so and i was, will tell
1: you to shut up jonah hill nobody wants <laughs> to so hear was it was cruel
0: intentions tell us that you that you actually are the man that ryan felipe was based off of
1: <laughs> the man
0: you are you are the woman that sarah michelle geller is based off of i want to know i want to know <laughs>
1: oh, and idle hands before before we wrap anything up. I think that's a teen movie, quasi horror, quasi comedy that um you might not necessarily think reflects the teen experience perfectly, but it does kind of reflect like how stupid some teens can be. <laughs> We're just like you can't possibly think that was going to work. You can't possibly that
0: sounds great i like stupid teens i think that's my problem the smarter the teen is the less i have an interest sure (laughs) sure You've been listening to Cinema 60 with Bart Deloro and Jenna Ipkar. The theme song is Io la conosce bene by Piero Piccioni. The closing theme is Go Go Gorilla by The Ideals. Check out Cinema60.com
1: for new episodes and supplemental material. That's Cinema60.com. And follow the show on Twitter and Facebook at Cinema60 Podcast. Thanks for tuning in.